0: Young, back to throw, in trouble, he's going to be sacked, no, gets away, he runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10, he dies, touchdown 49ers!
1: What is up 49ers faithful? It is another episode of the 49ers Webzone No Huddle Podcast, Super Bowl week, and a game that we wish the Niners were playing in this year, but there's a lot to talk about nonetheless. Al Sackle, Zane, and I with you as always. And Al, it's been, man, it's been a really, really busy couple of weeks since the last time we recorded,
0: hasn't it? Zane, I forgot the Super Bowl was even going on. Honestly, it's been so crazy with this Niners stuff. It was yesterday or today. I turned on NFL Network and I'm like, oh yeah, the, the Super Bowls is this weekend. It's been that crazy, especially the last week and a half. And Look, I just wanted to hit on the Stafford situation and and how it played out. And obviously, if you're on 49ers Twitter, you know there was a lot going on there. So last Saturday, Dan Silio, I think that was his name, Silio, he reports that Stafford wants out when he brings up the Niners name. Now, Adam Schefter drops a bomb not long after that um, about Stafford and Lions parting ways. So once that happens, you know it's true. It's happening. They're going to look to trade him. Looked like it was going to happen quickly. So Saturday... I tried to do some digging once I heard that and I tried to reach out to people over the next few days and, and all I really got back was Wednesday morning that, that the talks, any discussions that they had had, the Niners and Lions had looked positive. And I also heard that San Francisco didn't want to give up the 12th pick, which shocked me because I thought, you're never going to get this done without giving up the 12th pick. How, how could that even be possible? So I actually checked that in a couple other different places and I was told the same thing. Yeah, yeah, they don't really want to give up this 12th pick. So that's all I knew. There's some discussions, they're positive, and the Niners didn't want to give up the 12th pick. Anything beyond that for me was speculation. And I tweeted that 15 times when people asked me, where, where is this? I'm like, I don't know. That's all I know. They, had, they were discussing things. It looked positive from what I was told and the Niners didn't want to give up the 12th pick. That's all I knew. And then you look at that Wednesday night. From the Senior Bowl, Benjamin Albright tweeted out too there's a lot of smoke with the Niners and Stafford at, at Senior Bowl. We'll, we'll see where it goes. And then we started seeing reports it's looking good, all these things tying the Niners to, the, to Stafford. And then Dan, er- Dan Erlofsky actually tweeted Friday morning um, to get ready for some fireworks. And then he took it down like 20 minutes later. I, I thought that was weird. So, right there, I'm kind of wondering are things changing or other teams coming in? Cause this whole time I'm thinking there's no way the Niners are going to get this, this done if they're not going to give it more than the 12th pick. So and then that night, that Friday night, you start to see reports coming off about the Niners. Oh, well they're, 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 they're not close to a deal. This, that, and the other thing. And you start to see that's you know, smoke where, okay, maybe they're not in this or they were in this and other teams have jumped in. And then you saw the tweet about the Rams and you're like, the Rams aren't going to get him. Are you kidding me? They're not going to get rid of Goff's contract. And then, Saturday, the bomb drops and the Rams trade two firsts in golf for Matthew Stafford. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, seemed like a last minute thing. I don't think anybody saw that coming. It looked like Washington was making a push at the end, but nobody saw the Rams thing. Then when you see sort of when the dust settles, uh, guys like Mike Garofolo, Albert Breer, Peter King said the Niners were in it. He absolutely, you know, he confirmed that in his column. Breer and Goff, Gar- is I saying his name right? Is it Garofolo or it's Garofolo right? Folo said, you know, there was some interest there with the Niners. One of them said, but it was at a lower level in compensation. And um, the other one said, I think it was Breer said that um, he, from what he could tell, the 12 was never going to be included. So the info I had, not that I had any like huge information, but what I had was pretty much in line with what happened. The Niners were in discussions. It looked like it was positive when they were talking at the senior bowl and the 12th pick wasn't on the table. So actually felt pretty good about what I had to say. So for the, you have no sources, people. I was pretty much in, in, in line, actually, what happened. So this trade obviously sends shockwaves through the NFC West, through the league, through what the Niners are going to do. Before we talk about that and what it means to the Niners and, and all that, I, I did want to address some other reports that we saw on Twitter and things about sources and what people say. So there were some reports, I think it was Friday morning, from people who I don't really know who they are. I don't know where they get their stuff from. I'm not going to comment on them about it being done, this, that, and the other thing. Again, I don't know who, I assume anybody who comes out with something like that trusts where they get it from, but obviously that wasn't the case. But one thing I I, I do want to say, and one person I do know, Javi Vega, who really was on the top of a lot of this for a while. He was right about that Stafford had, he, he tweeted this, uh, it was a long time ago, Brought, had enough equity within, within the organizations that if he wants to be traded, the Lions were going to do it. He said that if Campbell was hired, he would probably look for a trade. All, all those things happen. Ho- Javi's really been on with a lot of what he's said. He, he, he really has done a really good job. Now, obviously, he had said that the Niners here were. It looked like things were, were progressing along where they were going to get Stafford. That didn't happen. But well, I'm here to tell you, Javi did not pull that out of his ass. Javi works his ass off and he's not somebody who's just going to throw something against the wall and see where it sticks. These situations are fluid. When Javi got the information, it was probably good information because there was a lot of smoke around this at the senior bowl. Now, does Javi wish maybe he'd have been more vague? Yeah, maybe. But, but listen, he, you know, when you're young and up and coming in these sort of things and it, it, it take, when, you're, when, you're, when you're the little guy, it takes a lot of guts, a lot of guts to come out and say, I got this trusted source. Nobody really knows who the hell I am. But I'm here at the Senior Bowl or wherever, wherever you got it from. I trust this source. I've had good information in the past. I'm going to come out with it. It didn't work out for him this time. Maybe next time it will. He, he does a good job at what he does. And, and the people, you know, randos on Twitter are going to attack you. It's just what Twitter is, right? It's, it's just what they like to do. It's like a snake pit. But for people who came out, and I saw things that I don't know if this was directed towards Hobby or not, but if it was, shame on you where you had people in the media kind of doing what we do on their high horse saying like, Oh, you know, if you, if you bottom basement and this, that, and the other thing, and, and your sources, you got to earn that. Well, for somebody like him, he, I think he has earned it and he's worked really hard and, and he took a shot and it didn't work out for him. But that doesn't mean he's not, he hasn't been good at what he does. It doesn't work out for a lot of people. How many times has Jason Lock and four been wrong? A lot of people are wrong about things. There's a lot of different moving parts. So, you know, before you throw stones, man, <laughs> just know that people are working and it's not always easy to do this. And and it takes a lot of guts to come out with that. So I I just wanted to say that and give you guys a little bit of, of sort of through my eyes, the Stafford thing, how it all went down. So I was saying, I just want to share that with everybody.
1: Yeah. And I just want to piggyback off your thought. I I know hobby pretty well. And especially during the course of the season, like we talk a lot. Um, I basically talk to him every day and this guy is, on all the time like it could be like 3 a.m and i'll message him and he'll be like hey what's up right we'll just talk football right for something like a thought that i have or a question or anything like that he is an absolute jackhammer this guy's on all the time it's not easy work and look you know it's it's a risk when you put information out there and people don't realize that we constantly get fed information all the time
0: all the time yes that's a huge point but, but we, we don't we don't say 95-98% of the things that we hear. Ser- seriously. You're we're always fed information. Always.
1: Literally, if you were to look at our inboxes and our text messages and all this stuff, we get stuff all the time. And some of it's good information and some of it is bad information. And some of it you can just look at and be like, oh, that's never gonna happen. Like that infor- that's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna ever come to fruition. And there's other things like, okay, well, let's look into this. The Stafford thing was one of them. And I think that for us, um, for me personally, like I, it's funny because I, I clown some guy and then I apologized to him for doing that because um, I thought that the staffing thing was going to happen. I thought that honestly, I thought it was a done deal because of the smoke that we were seeing and the things that we were hearing. So if you take away the context of what we see and hear and you just see us saying like, oh, I think this is going to happen and it doesn't happen. You're like, oh, well, these guys don't know anything, but it's like at the same time like you don't see the whole spectrum of what we see. You don't get all the information that we get you don't have those connecting dots along the way that that we see so it's like for us it makes sense because we see those dots connect we can physically see them in front of us like okay this has happened now we're hearing this this has happened now we're hearing this right like it's just it all of it starts to make sense based off of what we're seeing and hearing and then all of a sudden like something happens where um it, it just it just doesn't work out and now like people trying to make us look like jackasses. Because Look, I mean, when you're dealing with a fluid situation like this, a fast situation like this, where information is literally changing by the, by the hour, you can have teams that are in on stuff. Like being in on something doesn't mean that you made an offer, right? You be, making a call means that you're in on it, to me. I think that, that distinction there needs to be made. It's like, if you're making a call, you're, you're in on this player. The degree to whether, how much you're in on them can vary. And it'll affect the offer that you make or whether you make an offer or not. But a call was made and they did inquire about Matthew Stafford. That much we do know. And whether an offer was made or not, I mean, we don't know whether the team's doing damage control to hide that stuff. We don't know what's going on. But we do know that they inquired and that's the information that we were given. And that's what we roll with. And that's actually what happened. Um, there were certain people that were trying to clown Javi, like, oh, you know, you got it totally wrong. But like the same, this these same people were saying that Stafford would go to Washington. So it's like you know everybody was really wrong on this.
0: And nobody I think had that, any idea about the Rams. This this was out of left yeah. field. It seemed like it came in, uh, you know, just on whatever it was—Friday night, Saturday, whatever it was—and then boom, all of a sudden, it's there. You hadn't heard the Rams' name at all. <laughs> you know, exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're like, you know, they have golf. How are they going to get from that contract? And first of all, Al is the salary cap a thing or no? Like, it was,
0: this, it was, I don't want to hear that anymore. There's always ways around it. Yep. So
1: they, they circumvented the cap however they did, and they, they ended up getting rid of Goff, getting out from them, that albatross of contract, traded for Stafford. Now you have three really, really good quarterbacks in this division, and you need to do something about that position. And I think, Al, part of the reason why you're seeing the Niners say they didn't make an offer is because, well, what if they have to go back with Jimmy, right? You're going crawling back to him, basically, begging him to come back. Because he want, he, I can guarantee you he doesn't want to come here. He doesn't want to come back here. Who wants to come back here? That's two straight off seasons. They've tried to replace you, actively tried to replace you. Why, would you. why on earth would you want to come back? And before people say the $25 million, look, he's not getting $25 million from anybody. No, no team is going to pay that for him right now. He's going, to, he's going to get a restructure. As soon as his contract hits another roster, if he gets traded, he's going to get a restructure, and they're going to lower that cap number. So to him, and on top of that, he's made 74 million dollars here already. So he's not starving for money. So no matter what, he's not getting 25 million. So that number should just be out the window. And the second thing is is that he has a choice to basically, you know, if he can force a release, go to wherever he wants to go to, like Chicago who needs a quarterback, New England needs a quarterback. And I can guarantee you those two places are top the, the tops of his list. And you can't do that unless uh, unless you're out from the the underneath the 49ers control. So to me, Right now, like whether that relationship is fractured or not, uh, there is there is smoke there with Jimmy not wanting to be here. Like, I mean, the way that he played last year, he looked like a guy who didn't care, that was checked out, and you don't need a source to tell you that. You can see it by watching the film and watching games. He just didn't. He was not the same the same leader that he was in years past. So, to me, all of that kind of ties into like what happened with the whole Stafford thing. Because they need to cover their bases now and ha- make sure that they don't alienate Jimmy any more than they already have.
0: And it seems like a lot of damage control is being done right now. You're seeing articles, you're seeing people from certain networks like, "Oh, they they love Jimmy." Here here's the bottom line, and I know some people don't like when you criticize the 49ers, but I'm going to do it here because, as much as I I love Kyle and John, and as as much as is they they have there are it's pretty tight lipped over there. It really is. I think a lot of stuff that comes out probably isn't from them. You know, it's whoever they're dealing with or whatever, but. They've handled this terribly. <laughs> mm-hmm. They've handled the situation terribly. Last year, okay, it's Brady. So you can get away with it saying, listen, it's Tom freaking Brady, right? Same thing when they looked for Peyton Manning with Alex Smith. It's, it's Peyton freaking Manning. I, I mean, come on. Nobody can really say, I'm upset about that type thing. It's the, you're talking the greatest quarterback of all time that, that they thought about. This year's a different animal. They've never come out and said, yeah, he's our guy. Well, They say, well, we plan for him to be here. They can restructure his contract. They can make this stuff go away they haven't done it because they're keeping their doors open to replace him and I don't care whether they make offers to people or not if you're out looking at someone you're clearly looking to move away from your quarterback you're clearly looking to upgrade and what you've seen happen now is whether it's true or not okay whether people and a lot of them are uh, you know people like ross Tucker Colin cowherd um somebody Rick buker from the NBA got into it today you know these are these are like Legit, whether what you think of them or not, they're, they're legitimate media people are coming out and saying, well, the Niners are interested in, in Kirk Cousins. Well, the Niners are interested in, in, in Aaron Rodgers. Well, the Niners are interested in, in this person. The Niners are interested in that person. And we'll get into Deshaun Watson because I, I, I do want to talk about that. Niners are interested there. So you have all these things that keeps coming up. It's their own fault. If you don't want this to happen, if you want people to know that you like Jimmy G, commit to him. Commit to him. They're mm-hmm. not going to do that because they'd like to move on from him. Will they move on from him? Maybe the options won't be there for them to do that, and they'll have to draft a quarterback and try to run it back with him, whatever. But clearly, their actions are stating, whether they make an offer or not, their actions by looking around are saying that they're not happy with what they have, and you get this shitstorm that you have right now where not interested in this quarterback, not interested in that quarterback. If you're Jimmy, you're a proud guy. Jimmy Garoppolo did make it to a Super Bowl, he did have a very good season last year. Yeah, I'm sure he's not sitting there like, oh, shucks. That's okay. I know they really like me. Mm-hmm. He's like, come on. And You wouldn't think that either if, if you were in there. You'd be pissed. Right? would be pissed. Commit to me if, if I'm your quarterback. Not, oh, shucks. They don't look at things like a fan, like you do. Mm-hmm. It's his job. If you're at your job and, and your boss is, is going to lunch with other people and looking at resumes, well, I didn't make an offer. Come on. Come on, you would be pissed too. The Niners front office is handling this horribly. And I hope it works out. I hope Deshaun Watson ends up here because look, do I want them to move on from Jimmy? I do. I do. He's never healthy and I think he's limited. But what's happening right now isn't good for anybody either. You know, the Rams didn't want golf. They got it. They just went out and got it done. You, if, you, if you want Jimmy gone, trade him or cut him and go somewhere else because it's getting to the point right now where it's, it, it almost feels toxic. And I don't know if it's a coincidence or not that George Kittle's running on all the networks today saying, Jimmy's my guy. And it's good. He should say that. He's a team leader. He should say things like that. But it just all feels like damage control, man. It just all feels like, like, what are you doing? this Oh, they love Jimmy G. all oh, the Niners told me today. Oh, well, they really like Jimmy G. So it's okay that they didn't get Stafford. Well, what'd you look into Stafford for if you really like Jimmy G? I just think it's all, it all feels contrived It all feels very, it's just, uh, it just feels lame to me. Like make a decision, man. And maybe they will soon and we'll see what happens. It's a long off season, but I just, the way it's happening right now, it's ridiculous. And it leaves a bad taste in my mouth.
1: And how do we know that Jimmy G hasn't told them to screw off? How do we know that Jimmy G has said to them, has not said to them, like, I don't want to play here anymore. And they're just kind of waiting to be able to replace him, to be able to either trade him or release him. We don't know that, right? Like, like you said, like, he's a proud guy. He's a smart guy. Nobody likes losing. Nobody likes losing their job, especially after. Again, it came. They tried to replace him the, the in the weeks after they lost the Super Bowl. Not even like you know, like you waited. Congratulations, you waited a whole month to try to, re, to before you tried to replace him. It's like, come on, man. And that plus the fact that like this guy had that ACL injury, they battled back from in his first first year back, and essentially first year as a starter takes him helps take him to the Super Bowl. And and then people can argue about his contributions and all this stuff until the cows come home. But really, when it comes down to it, he put up the best statistical season that we've seen since Jeff Garcia. He took them to the first Super Bowl, or he, he was the quarterback for the team that went to the first Super Bowl since Colin Kaepernick did it, in 2013, uh, seven years earlier. And he essentially was the reason why Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch got a second contract. Like, if he's not winning games, those guys aren't getting a second contract. Like, let's be honest here. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that. And look, that's fine. If people want to move on from Jimmy, I'm all, I'm all for improving the team. I'm I'm not going to fight that battle anymore. That's fine. I, I think that Matt Stafford was one of the guys that would move, would have moved off of Jimmy four and Deshaun Watson is another one. But if you don't get them, then you're stuck because you've alienated him to the point where, why would you want to come back? Like, like you said, they, do You remember what happened with Alex Smith before Harbaugh got here? Uh-huh. They did the they did the exact same thing, where they were looking at other quarterbacks. They drafted Kaepernick for that reason, right? Because they they were looking to replace Alex Smith. Alex Smith comes back on a cheap deal. Harbaugh resurrects his career, and then the rest is you know the rest is history. Alex Smith becomes a, a very very serviceable quarterback after that. That's not going to happen this time. Like you you don't have a new coach coming through. the like you're in year five of Shanahan, and we still don't have this quarterback situation settled and now you're you're playing musical chairs here with whatever quarterback is in the news trying to trying to acquire this guy or that guy or inquiring about this guy or that guy and all the while Jimmy's still sitting here on your roster and you think that he's going to come back and play for you after all this yeah right forget that man like i w- i certainly wouldn't i i don't think that they have any choice but to move off of Jimmy at this point like i don't think that, that that's necessarily the right move because you have to replace him with something better. But we've heard Kirk Cousins name uh, through the media this week. We've heard several other names through the media. this week. It's a, come on, man. Like Kirk Cousins, dude, like this guy is the most average of average quarterbacks. And the only, the only upgrade that he provides you over Jimmy Garoppolo is that he plays and he stays healthy and that's it. Otherwise you're talking about the very definition of average. And if you move off of Jimmy for a guy like that, that's a really hard sell. And to the, the, your point about Kittle, no, I don't think, it's, I don't think that's a coincidence, coincidence at all. George Kittle was one of Jimmy's most adamant supporters, and he's basically the vocal sort of voice of this team now that Sherman's gone, basically, for all intents and purposes. Butner's gone. Warner's kind of a more quiet guy. And uh, Bosa's too young. So Kittle is the, the de facto leader. Trent Williams is a free agent. So Kittle is the de facto leader of this team right now. And they're sending him out everywhere saying, oh, Jimmy's our guy doing this damage control. It's plainly obvious what they're trying to do. They struck out on Stafford, so they're like, oh, wait, haha! Jimmy, put your arm around him and be like, oh, yeah, we were just actually kidding about that. No, man, you can't just do that. Now you're stuck. Now you have no plan because if you go all in for Deshaun Watson, people are talking about like, oh, speculating, oh, well, trade Bosa. And you, you can't trade Nick Bosa. You, he's your best defender. He is, the, he is a generational pass rusher. You can't just trade that like he's some replaceable part. Like, you don't significantly weaken one party roster to gain strength in another. You, you don't win like that. And, Al, ask yourself this. People talk about, like, oh, having a franchise QB makes up for a lot of, makes up for a lot of deficiencies. Okay, why doesn't Russell Wilson have more than one Super Bowl? Why does not Aaron Rodgers have more than one? Why doesn't Brew, Drew Brees have more than one Super Bowl? Why didn't Philip Rivers get one at all? Like, it's not as simple as just getting a franchise quarterback. You need something around them. The reason why Mahomes is back there again. It's because look at his roster. He has everything he needs to get back there. If you start taking parts away, I guarantee you, he's not going to get back And it, because it just doesn't work that way in the NFL. Here,
0: here's where I disagree with you a little bit on that. And then I'll move, I'll move to the point about the division where you're right. They have, okay, they have one Super Bowl. That's one more than the Niners have had in the last 30 years. And those teams are good every year. They're in it. They win like 10 games, mostly every year. The 49ers don't do that. Actually, the 49ers have been losing 10 games almost every year, five of the last six. So that's why for me, I, I, I do think that's the, Deshaun Watson is the answer. And I'll tell you why as we transition into our next point. You look, you look at the NFC West right now. The Niners have the fourth best QB in the NFC West right now, right? Look at the NFC West. The Seahawks, we could pick them apart all we want to. As long as Russell Wilson's behind center, they're probably going to win about 10 games. It, it, it's just pretty much what it is. So that's fine. The Cardinals, if Kyler Murray makes a Josh Allen type jump, that's scary. I don't know that he would do that. I, I'm not super worried about them. I kind of think they're an, an eight-ish team, but Murray's dynamic. The Rams, let me make a point on the Rams. And I hate the Rams. Let me make a point on the Rams. Everybody's knocking the Rams. Oh, they're selling the farm. They have no idea. They're going to be screwed. Well, the Rams have won 43 games in the last three years. The Rams continue to go all in. They've won three playoff games. They made it to a Super Bowl. Now. They're probably going to be very good because they just upgraded a quarterback with that good running game and that strong defense and those receivers. They're going to be a really good football team. So now, now you think, okay, it's the next two to three years. Well, they just had a seven-year run if it's the next three years. The Rams just had a seven-year run. And if you're the 49ers, you're going in year five of Kyle Shanahan. Are you going to say, oh, all right, you know, well, we got to take some steps back here, but in a couple of years, we'll be right there. What would it, wait, year eight? <laughs> is that when, is that when, you, when we're going to be ready for, for a Super Bowl again? So this brings me to my point. First-round picks can be a little bit overrated. You look at the first-round picks in the Niners regime. Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster, Mike McGlinchey, um, Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw. Did I miss anybody? I think it's everybody. Brandon Ayuk. So the only one of those players that you're like, I would not like to trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean, obviously, I'd love to keep Ayuk, but like, he wouldn't be like a deal breaker for Matt met Sean Watson. Bosa is, is a great defensive player, so that would give you pause. But most of those other guys, I, I mean, you'd give it up for, for, for a franchise quarterback, for the best quarterback you've had since Steve Young. So if I'm the Niners and, and I don't know what the situation was with Watson, it looks like the writing's on the wall that he's not going to be there. I'm all in on that. I'm all in on that. Now, we know from... This, what we've seen from this team before, they're, they're probably not going to get in a bidding war. They usually set their price on somebody, and once it goes past that, they're out. But to me, that's the way that you make a splash. That's the way that you get back in this division because we'll talk about it later with all the free agents this team has. This roster may look very different next year. So to me, that is where you go. The division's going to be a buzzsaw again next year. You have a very, very strong Rams team. Either you, you bring it back with Jimmy. In, in hope that you can, you know, stay competitive, stay in the 10 win range, but I don't think they're better than the Rams right, right now. I don't know if they're better. I, I can't say anything because we don't know who's going to be on the team yet next year. But that to me is the only thing do, do whatever the hell you can from Deshaun Watson. Let, let me give you these stats, Zane, real quick on Deshaun Watson. and I'll let you talk on him after that. 2020, right? They had a bad season. They won like four games, but his previous two years, they won 10 plus games in those two years. 2020, Deshaun Watson had a 70.3% completion percentage, third best in the NFL. He threw for the most yards, 4,823. 4, he had the fourth best interception percentage, 1.3. The best yards per attempt, 8.9. The best yards per completion, 12.6. TD passes, he was seventh with 33. Intended air yards per pass attempt, he was second at 8.9. So this guy is third in com- completions. He's completing 70% of his passes within a 10 air yards of nine yards per attempt. Usually guys with high completion percentage have low air yards. That's crazy. His on target percentage was 80.3 fifth, And he did this despite getting pressured on 26.7% of his dropbacks, which was ninth worst, and getting sacked 49 times second most. So he transcended a, battle, a bad offensive line. And here's the thing too, when even he did all those things with Houston, this is the way I look at a player on another team. Look at that player in the new system. To me, Deshaun Watson and Kyle Shanahan's system is in Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes' territory. I'm not saying it's better than them or as good as them. It's in that territory. And you put that head coach and QB combination together in the NFC, I think they dominate the NFC. I think it's like the Chiefs offense where they're scoring almost every drive for the next five to 10 years. That's why I think you have to go all in on that. It's not going to happen. No, <laughs> it's not. Not, happen. But I'm I'm not. But i think that. <laughs> I, I probably the Niners probably won't do, it, but in my in my view, that has to be their number one priority right now. I add in Eric Armstead. Add in you know I saw Armstead in Greenlaw. Greenlaw's a nice player, but for Watson, add him in. Um, get get it done. It's a quarterback league. It is a quarterback league. And this team, Zane, has not had a quarterback, a consistent quarterback, in twenty years. They've had a quarterback start 15 games or more five times, five times in the last 18 years. 20 players did that this year alone. They've had it five times in the last 18 years. They've had three different starting quarterbacks in three of the four years under Kyle Shanahan, and that's because of injuries or whatever else. But still, that is not a recipe for success. Three different starting quarterbacks in three or four years? Are you kidding me? And if you, you wonder why the fan base is going at each other on Twitter, if you if you wonder why they're pissed off, it's because of that. This team isn't a quarterback consistent quarterback in twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah, I mean, why not yeah. the organization? I mean, give me a break. Yeah. So
1: we and you and I have talked about this like ad nauseum, like throughout the course of the season and and the time that we've done been doing this podcast. That they're the only team in the NFL. That has not had a Pro Bowl quarterback since Jeff Gar- since Jeff Garcia played in t- 2002. That's that's absurd. Um, so so here's here's the thing, Al. First of all, I don't think it's going to happen because they don't have enough ammo to to be able to offer Houston to be able to trade Deshaun Watson. Uh, a team like the Jets has way more. They've got two first round picks. They've got the need of quarterback. They've got the number two overall pick. Because look, the first thing that the, the Texans are going to try to do if they trade Deshaun Watson is to try to replace him. Like you're not going to a new coach, a uh, new GM, like you need to have a quarterback of the future installed or some sort of plan installed. And the first thing they're going to do is be like, all right, like we created a whole, how are we going to plug this hole? Unless some other free agent comes to them or something happens where you include a quarterback in the trade, they're, they, they're, they're not going to deal him. And the, the reason why people keep saying the Jets is because they're sitting right there at the top of the draft where, you know, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, or if, for whatever reason, Trevor Lawrence falls one spot. They can go get those guys, and they can have their quarterback of the future, and then and then they're done, right? They can develop that guy. They're in they're in full rebuilding mode. They've got their quarterback too, so they you know they're set, right? They know what they're going to do. That's number one. Number two, I think it's I think it's so funny right now that everybody's willing to like trade their firstborn for Deshaun Watson when Kyle Shanahan could have just picked him in 2017.
0: Like, oh yeah, don't even get me started. I mean, is
1: is Kyle's ego going to let him? Admit that mistake and be like, you know, I really whiffed on that by waiting for Kirk Cousins instead of just drafting Deshaun Watson or Mahomes. Mahomes was a little bit more of a wild card, but Watson, we knew he was going to be a stud. We knew this guy was special, right? Heisman Trophy winner, like Clemson National Team. We knew that this guy was going to be really good. And are they going to write that wrong and basically admit that they totally effed this up? Or are they going to just kind of kick this can down the road some more? Like the 49ers organization in general has always done with the quarterback position. You're sitting at number 12 in the draft right now. A quarterback may or may not fall to you. You have the opportunity maybe to trade up based on on how the board goes, or you have an opportunity to draft a quarterback like Kyle Trask or Mac Jones or somebody like that in in the second round or third round if they fall that far. So what are they going to do here? Are they going to continue trying to run this in with veteran quarterbacks, or are they going to draft a guy and try to develop him? And here's here's the conundrum, Al. Here's the problem. In year five of Kyle Shanahan, you have stacked up three ten loss seasons already. And again, this last season was not his fault. Total total free pass from me, for, and he should get a free pass from everybody because the injury situation was ridiculous, and the pandemic, and not playing for the fans, playing in Arizona. That that's that's stupid, right? You're not gonna. That's not on Kyle. That's not his. That's not his fault at In fact, he did he did a fantastic job with the circumstances he was dealt with. However, if you're judge York or Parag, and you're looking at this and, and you're looking at what you're paying caution and you just give him an extension and he's stacking up these 10 loss seasons, you eventually have to say, look, like you have to, you know, crap or get off the pot, so to speak, right? You have to at some point put this together and put a winning team together consistently. Like from their standpoint, they made the win now moves, right? They went and got him a quarterback. It wasn't the quarterback he wanted, but they went and got Jimmy for him. And at the time, like he was, he was better than what he is now, I, I would think. They went and got D Ford, a pass rusher opposite Bosa. They went and traded for Emmanuel Sanders. They're now stuck in cap purgatory because they made all these, they, they tried to re sign as many guys as they could. I mean, the Buckner trade, fine, whatever. They, on their end, have done everything that they can, right? So I, I'm critical of Jed and Parag a lot, right? But I, in this circumstance, I'm on their side. They've done everything that they can to give the Niners a winning situation. And at some point, they have to produce. So to me, it's like, it, it starts with the quarterback. position. What are you going to do with the quarterback position? Because that's the most most important position on this team. And it's the, the position that's going to impact this team the most. And if you try to roll with some backup quarterback, or if you roll with the rookie and you go like, you know, six and 10 again next season, I mean, that's a pretty hard pill to swallow out. Like it really is. And I get that people are trying to, trying to develop a team and build a team, but I'm talking about the, the, Kind of rock between a hard place. that like Kyle stuck in now, like he's got to show some wins at this point. He's a very good coach, we know this, but he's got to show some wins at some point and be like, "All right, like I built a contender. We need to stay healthy. Do what we need to do to, to stay uh, atop the division." Because honestly, if they were healthy this season, Al they probably would have won the division.
0: So, probably, yeah, yeah. I I think definitely, actually, yes. Yeah.
1: So I mean, like at some point, like we have to look at this and be like, "All right, well." Are they going to do this or no? And Deshaun Watson, fine, if you want to bring him in. But the thing is, is that they're not just a quarterback away, Al. They're not. Like, if you dropped him into the 2019 team, fantastic. That team, that team I guarantee you that team wins the Super Bowl. But Sherman's gone. Buckner left last season. You, you literally don't have any corners besides Mosley, who's the restricted free agent. So you have to pay for him, too, to resign him. You don't have a left tackle right now because Trent Williams is free agent. You don't have a, a strong safety because Tart's a free agent. And you don't have an edge rusher outside of Bosa because Kerry Hyder, who was Bosa's replacement, was fantastic, is also a free agent.
0: So, so let's, let's look into that a little more because a lot of people said to me, a lot of people, and, and look, I, I always say thank you for all the replies I get on Twitter because this helps us gauge for the show, like where the fan base is. They, thank you for that. And I can't tell you how many people said to me, when we're healthy, we still have a great roster. I'm thinking to myself, I feel like a lot of people think it's still 2019. Mm-hmm. It's not. This offseason, they have a lot of work to do. And Zane, you alluded to it. So let's go through the defense first, okay? 2019, a historically good defense, right? What they did to the Chiefs, really, when you look back at it, I know the Chiefs ended up putting up 31 towards the end there, but most of that game, they were at 10 points. Mm-hmm. They had a great defense. That defense is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. DeForest Buckner is gone, right? D Ford is probably gone, right? That's that's mm-hmm. safe to say. Mm-hmm. I know Ronald Blair didn't play in the Super Bowl, but he's a good a good you know rusher for them. Is, is he going to be back? Kerry Hyder is a free agent. DJ Jones is a free agent. That's on the D line, mm-hmm. gone, I'm gone. And then that's not even getting to the secondary where there is nobody. You've yeah. Jimmy Ward signed and you'll get um, Emmanuel Mosley back because he's a restricted free agent. Richard Sherman, Kaywon Williams, Keller Witherspoon, Jason Brett, Jaquiski tart they're all free agents. They're all free agents. There's no way you're going to be able to bring all those people back. Can you bring back half of them? We, we, we don't know yet. And then let's go over to the offensive side of the football. Zane, I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. I'm fired up. Let's oh, yeah. go over to the, to the offensive side of the football. Do they have a center? Nope. Is, is, is Richburg coming back? A very important position in Kyle Shanahan's offense. They went through six of them this year or whatever it was. Trent Williams, maybe they're waiting for the quarterback position to see what's going to happen there before, before they, they really try to resign him. But are they going to give him $20 million a year? And if they don't do that, who the hell is playing left tackle? Mm-hmm. Is Juszczyk going to come back? And here's another thing we're not talking about. Beyond Debo and Ayuk, who are your wide receivers? Yep. What if one of those guys goes down? Who Who... Where's the depth there? Wait, River craft, craft or whatever his name is? It, you you hoping uh, Juwan Jennings, who are, who, um, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, Jalen Hurd, yeah. who's never yeah. played a snap. That's, that's who you're going to re- rely on? There's, there are a lot, a lot of question marks. And look, they could have a great offseason, a great draft, and, and it's a moot point, they end up coming back. But with all of those free agents and people, we don't know that's coming back. It could be a very different team next season. And if you don't have somebody good behind center to pull the trigger, you know we love Kittle, we love Ayuk, we love Debo. Those three, great, great top three. I'm very excited for those. But other than that, other than the skill positions, running backs are are, look like they're in decent shape too. Other than the skill positions, there's nothing but question marks. Nothing.
1: Yeah, I think that so so what you're saying is the justification to get Deshaun Watson or like an elite quarterback is that it buys you some time to be able to solidify those other positions,
0: right? No, I just think an elite quarterback you just he's an elite quarterback. <laughs> get an elite <laughs> quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just think he changes your whole franchise if if you get him. Those those yeah. other issues are going to be there whether he's here or not, but getting an elite quarterback, you at least build around him instead yeah. of kind of building the team out and then getting a quarterback to just kind of make it work with the team. That's not a, that's not long success. That doesn't sustain success. I can't even talk anymore. That doesn't sustain success. You need that quarterback to sustain success. You can have a good team with a good defense and have a short window, like the Harbaugh Niners, mm. and this team looks like it had a short window too. Or you get that franchise quarterback and you win for ten years. It's kind yeah. of what it is to me.
1: So I mean, here's here's the thing, Al. Like to get Deshaun Watson or to get a, a we'll just put a quarterback X on this to get quarterback X who's an elite quarterback you have to drive, give up draft capital and like prime draft capital, high draft capital ones and twos. And to me, the way that you build a team and the way that you maximize your window is that you have as many ones and twos like playing and starting and on those rookie contracts as possible. Because if you want, by the time those guys hit their second contract, like some of those guys are leaving, right? Like you are not going to like Buckner never got a second contract. They picked up the fifth year option. So I, I don't really count that as a second, second contract, but, he never got a second contract from the Niners because they couldn't afford it. So you've got to maximize the window when all of, we talk about the window, right? Like the window is maximized when all of those guys have those rookie contracts because you could fit more good players under your cap because they're cheaper. So if you trade those players away, you're essentially forfeiting the chance of getting more cheap rookie contracts that are belonging to kind of higher level players. Because look, like draft position isn't really indicative of how a player's career is going to go. We know this, but the reason why some players drafted earlier than others are because they have better attributes. Like a first round pick will have better attributes than a sixth round pick, right? That's that's not rocket science. So the theory is that a first round pick would be more apt to come in and start and contribute right away. So it's great that they have all these late picks and things like that, but really like the bread and butter, especially with quarterbacks, comes in the first two rounds, like the Russell Wilsons and... Drew Brees and and Tom Brady's of the world, like these, these are exceptions to the rule. The actual rule is that the majority of quarterbacks that win the Super Bowl are drafted in the first round. And you, you can say, like, well, that, you know, top 10 guys or top five guys usually don't win. That's fine. But if you forego the chance at adding or using your early draft picks, you essentially forego a chance of adding talented players at a really, really heavily discounted price. And at the end of the day, like if if they were just a quarterback away and they just needed, like, okay, we know that we need a quarterback, like what the Broncos did with Peyton Manning. If that was the case, then it was it was kind of like a right team that was ready to go. Then I'd be like, yeah, let's let's go all in and let's get this guy. But like you just mentioned, like several positions, several starting positions that need to be either resigned or replaced. And this is a team in transition now. People don't realize that that they were a team in transition away from the 2019 Super Bowl team. And into basically whatever's going to happen next, like whether it's a new quarterback, whether it's Jimmy, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whoever it is, the team is going to look very different in the next two to three years, over the next two to three years. And, and people just need to realize that before making assumptions that they're going to win this or win that or be a Super Bowl champion with Deshaun Watson or, or Matt Stafford or whoever it may be that they're trying to speculate, people need to understand that just, this is a team in
0: transition. Yeah, but saying until, until you get a quarterback, you're always in transition. Always. Yeah, but I mean like... but You'll have a couple years where, again, know, we were really good this year. We were really good for a couple years there. But then at the end of the day, well, you know, we fall back to the pack or, or whatever. At some point, they. it's been the issue. The 49ers have had four winning seasons since what? 2002, whatever it's been, right? Most of those teams were defensive. Well, they all were actually. Defensive-minded teams, and and that's why it hasn't been sustained. They had oh, we have this great roster. It didn't. It didn't last. It hasn't lasted because they don't have anybody behind center for for twenty years. They they have. They I I I know some people will say that short-sighted, and 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 you're making good points. I'm not saying the points you're making are are bad, but until you fix that position, it's just rinse and repeat, man. It's just going to be rinse and repeat. You have a few good years here and there, but you're really never going to be one of the, one of the elites, you know, all the time.
1: Yeah. Like, I I agree. I agree with that, that you need some stability at the quarterback position. However, like, again, we talked about Russell Wilson earlier, right? Like, yeah, at least he has one Bowl. Like he had one of the greatest defenses of all time. Like he was, he was a game manager at that point. People forget about that. Like Russell Wilson in his second year, he was not the Russell Wilson we see now. Right. That's true. a A much, much different quarterback. So the teams with elite quarterbacks that win, they usually have something else. And since then, the Seattle's I, – I like to use Seattle as an example because that's a perfect example of an elite quarterback that doesn't have – that doesn't always have a lot around him. And they've struggled to get back because of that because they're always searching for something. And they're always – so to me, it's like if you make this move – and I'm not saying that they shouldn't, that they should or shouldn't, right? Like what I'm saying that like basically if you make this move, you're not making this for playoff appearances, right? You're not making this for winning seasons and division champ. You're making this to win Super Bowls, right? This is not like a – like a, oh, we're just wanting to compete move. This is like, okay, like you're making this move because this is the guy that will hoist the next Lombardi trophy for the San Francisco 49ers. That's why you're doing it. And I know that's that's a very simplified way of of saying it. It's a disservice to how teams are built because you eventually need to be build a team around him. And this could be the first of many moves to have that happen. But when you think about it, Al, like that's the ultimate goal, right? Like we don't, we don't cheer for super bowl appearances like you know i don't know about you but i don't really care that they made the super bowl last year like that because they lost like it's awesome that they went but they but you lost so to me it it doesn't hold a special place in my heart like it was a year ago as of the recording of this show today the niners were playing kansas city and they were beating them right now and they were on their way to the sixth super bowl championship uh so really like you you make that move to get to the
0: super bowl and win it so uh, Here's where I'll disagree with you there too, because all right, you say the Seahawks have won one Super Bowl, right? Since Wilson came into the league, it was 2012, I think, right? Mm-hmm. 11, shit, hold on, I got back to okay. Yeah, 11, and five, 11 and 5, 13 and 3, 12 and 4, 10 and 6, 10, 5 and 1, 9 and 7, the only year they didn't make the playoffs. And I think the last three years they haven't been that good 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 12 and 4. So they're there. They're at least getting into the tournament. The Niners have lost 10 games five of the last six years. So I love that they made the Super Bowl, but there's been no sustained. They're not even getting in. They're not even. At least the Seahawks are getting the opportunity to get in and see where the ball bounces. The Niners aren't even getting in because they don't have a quarterback. Because they never have a quarterback. They never have a quarterback. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jeff Garcia was a good player. They haven't had a quarterback. Since they never have a quarterback, and when they do, something happens. Colin Kaepernick. I still don't know what'll what happen with Colin Kaepernick. He looked like he looked like the player that everybody wants right now, right? That guy with the cannon running all around, and he flamed out. Whatever the hell happened. And then you get Garoppolo. Okay, it looks pretty good. And now you get what's going on. It's I don't know if this team is cursed. It's bad decisions. But I, I'm sorry. And maybe it's just come to the point where I, can't, I just I, I can't take it anymore because it's been 20 years. They need a quarterback. And Look, and you said with the Seahawks. Okay, they, they won one Super Bowl. They went to two. They're in the playoffs every year. They're getting in there and see where the ball bounces. The Niners can't put together more than one winning season in a row. They even go 500, they 10 losses, 10, five in the last six years. I, I mean, it's enough to drive you crazy. They've lost 10 games or more, I think, 10 times this century. And they hadn't hit, lost 10 games or more in their entire franchise up until the 2000s. So it's just been nothing but frustration. And when you look at why, okay, Kyle Shanahan, I love him as a coach, right? You know that. I love him. I think he's a great coach. I think he's going to, I think he could be around forever, but he's the only 49ers coach in history to have three, 10 losing, three losing seasons of 10, 10 losses or more. Why? Because of the quarterback. Because the first season he didn't have one. And in 2018 and 2020, his quarterback couldn't stay on the field. That's it. That is the only reason he's lost 10 games in three of his four seasons. If he even has an average quarterback in all four seasons, the Niners probably at worst would have been eight and eight or whatever in those seasons. They probably would have been nine and seven-ish in 2018. And this year they wouldn't won at least 10 games. The reason he has three 10 loss seasons is because he doesn't have a quarterback. End of discussion to me. It, It just is. Until they fix that position, it's just rinse and repeat, man. We're going to be having the same discussions.
1: It's funny because we, we literally, like, even on Twitter and stuff, we literally talk about the same stuff all the time. It's just quarterback, 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 all the time. <laughs> I wake up in the morning and look at Twitter. Oh, they're, they're fighting about the quarterback again. Put the phone down, go back to sleep. <laughs> it's it's uh, really not going to go away until they solve it. And I will say one thing. So, you know, I feel like I'm fair with how I evaluate Kyle Shanahan. People, some people don't like that because they refuse to criticize Kyle. Uh, for anything and some people want me to criticize kyle more because they criticize kyle for everything so but i think that he's a good coach right i think that he's done a very very good job turning this franchise around from the worst roster in the league when trap left it to a super bowl last year in, in three years basically and i think that he did a fantastic job this year under circumstances like no team wins six games even six games under those circumstances where you're not playing in your own home stadium Half of your roster is injured. You don't have your starting quarterback for ten games. Like no team wins six games out of that. So he at least kept them mostly competitive, and you know he he deserves credit for that. You know the the thing, and and we've talked about. I don't want to be a a dead horse here, but like I mean, it's also partially his fault that they don't have the quarterback situation solved. Like Mm -hmm. that's the unfortunate truth, right? Like it's partially his fault for not solving it in his first year, and for. Drooling over Kirk Cousins so much that you basically punted on an entire year almost because you wanted Kirk Cousins to come here, and uh, again, the most average of average quarterbacks come here, and they ended up getting Jimmy Garoppolo. And honestly, Al, my gut feeling, my in my heart of hearts, I really don't think Kyle ever bought into Jimmy. I really Mm -hmm. don't.
0: Well, he kind of said that, right? He kind of was like, "Oh, well, I wasn't sure because I wanted Kirk," and then he he convinced me. That's kind of what he said. And when he said last year at the Super Bowl was when they asked about Mahomes, but you know, Mahomes, Watson, they were both in the draft. He said, it's pretty well documented the relationship I had with Kirk, end quote. Then another quote in the same interview was, anytime you go into a season and know a franchise quarterback is going to be available the next year, talking about Cousins, it made me a lot more picky with what we were looking at. I was picky with Patrick freaking Mahomes and Deshaun freaking Watson because I knew Kirk Cousins was going to be available. Love you as a coach. That's on you. Unreal.
1: Yeah. And I think, and, and honestly speaking, he's coached that way. He's coached like he hasn't bought into Jimmy. And I'll tell you why, because we talk about Jimmy's limitations. We talk about how limited he is. He doesn't see, see the field well, yada, 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 right? Kyle's scheme everything up for him. But this is why I will tell you Kyle Shanahan did not buy into Jimmy, because he has not worked with Jimmy to improve any of these limitations. He's hiding them. He's been hiding them this entire time. If you want a guy to improve, you don't hide their limitations. If you bought into somebody, you actually work with them to figure out their limitations and be able to get better with them. Again, Russell Wilson, he was a one-read quarterback when he first started, struggled to see the field, he went off script too much, and it hurt them sometimes because he would make mistakes, right? What happens? They worked with him, he got better, and and they turned him into a, a serviceable quarterback and eventually an MVP caliber quarterback, and a guy who's now a pocket passer and barely runs at all. To me, like, and again... Kyle's a great coach and and I'm not bashing him for this but I'm I'm stating my opinion on this. He never bought into Jimmy which which basically caused him to not really want to develop him. And yeah, Jimmy has limitations and maybe he he wouldn't never developed anyways, but like you can't just hide a guy for the entirety of his career. You have to eventually develop this guy and develop some some, some sort of skill set. And to me it just seemed like Kyle just didn't want to do that. And the evidence of that is that the first misstep Jimmy had the first missed up Jimmy had after the after the playoffs last year, or during the playoffs last year, Kyle's like, "I'm taking the ball out of your hands. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't trust you."
0: So, um, yep, he did from the Minnesota game. Yep, and then same thing in the Packers game. He almost did an interception, and that was it. You yep. <laughs> didn't so throw it.
1: Like, <laughs> you've had this guy for one year, one full year, and sideline reps don't count as game reps. I'm sorry to say, but like to people who who think he's been the the, the system for. Uh, four years now or three years or whatever it is. The sideline reps don't, they're not the same. So to me, it's like, you only really had one year with this guy. You hit him for the entire year and they never wanted Jimmy in the long-term plans to begin with. I, I'll tell you that much. That's what my gut feeling is. They wanted to move off from the first chance they got. Kyle didn't like him. John Lynch did like him. And that's the end of that. So they're, they're trying to move off him now. what you yeah. get through a Bowl picks, man? <laughs> this is this, this quarterback right, yeah. talk. This quarterback talk, man. is just, it's just, it's just so frustrating.
0: I know exactly we, can go, we can go we can go <laughs> forever all right my Super Bowl pick um I think we're in the midst of a Chiefs dynasty and I think it's going to continue and I think they're gonna they're gonna win this game and they might win a couple more here before it's all said and done man F the Chiefs
1: F the Chiefs <laughs> I got the Bucks I got Brady man I am you know I know you don't like Brady I I actually you know I appreciate his career what he's done on the field you're never gonna see this again Like, you will never, ever see another quarterback go to 10 Super Bowls, play till he's 43, and in his 43rd year of life, make the Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. You're not going to see that. So Brady pull out, uh, I'd like to say one last magic, but who knows? (laughs) He's probably going to be in the next year too. But um, Brady will pull it out. I think that um, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Steve Spagnuolo, the coordinator, defense coordinator of the Chiefs, beat him twice when he was uh, with the Giants. And uh, that's a chip on Brady's shoulder. It's a different Tom Brady this year. He's throwing it deep way more. It's not just like check down Charlie and like dump it off to the running backs and slot receivers. Like he's actually going deep with the ball. They've got a pretty good defense, and if you can keep the ball away from Mahomes, then you're going to win. The Niners did for three and a half quarters. They should have won, and uh, that the, then everything would be history. But I think the Bucks win the score. Pff, I'm going to put a final score of I think it'd be a high scoring game. Yeah, me too. I'm going to say 35 28 Bucks.
0: No, I think that's that's pretty that's pretty fair. I think it'll be around there. I do hate Brady a little bit less now that he's not on the Patriots. I think it was more of a Patriots thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of a more appreciating what he was doing this year. Like oh, I appreciate that, whereas before like, I just made one about it. So yeah. maybe it was more of a Patriots thing than a Brady thing, but you know. All right, Zane. Well, it was good to get this out because I know I'm frustrated I know you're frustrated and a lot of people are. Uh, hey, we got a show to bitch about it though. So it was all good. Yep. So We'll be back at some point. We're going to try to get some guests on um, this off season. But again, we just needed to like vent and say stuff today. So we just wanted to do that. So hope you enjoyed it. Um, Hope you'll tune in next time for Zane. This is Al. See ya.
1: See
0: ya.